This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 175 of the Fight Disciples podcast. It is a pleasure once again to be in your company. If this is the first time that you've been in our company, where have you been? You can subscribe to us via iTunes. You can get uh, all Android feeds uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. And we're all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And on that Facebook page, you will see the greatest opening question of an interview of all time ever. Thank you so much for the amount of people that have fed back on uh, my illustrious colleague, getting right in the face of Chris Eubank Sr. last Wednesday at the press conference in Manchester. I'll tell you something, boy. You know how to start interviews, don't you? That's that's 15 to 20 years' worth of journalistic experience. None of this fanboy nonsense talking about how camp's gone. Are you on weight? <laughs> Who are you sparring? No, bullshit. Are you jealous of your son? Let's get in there. No messing. Listen, you you were there. Well, we were there all day. We were doing bits oh, for yeah. for Talksport and whatever else. And he was he was doing that many interviews and he had that many fluff questions. Not from us, obviously, but from from other members of the media and stuff. I thought, you know what? No, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Other members of the media, no, right? Other members of the media, the guys that are getting paid for their jobs, proper new guys from newspapers, guys from television channels. Sound. I was all right with the majority of the questions that were coming in from them. Mm. It's fucking knockout boxing two-bit BR from fucking USA <laughs> going, Hi, I'm uh, Dave from a YouTube channel, bloody bloody blah bloody bloody blah And I'm thinking, right, go on, son, get your question out. So, uh, you're, uh, the, the size difference... Yeah, it's just asked the fucking same question ten minutes before. <laughs> Listen, dickhead. <laughs> God, I hate them things. I, I hate those it. press junkets where people are just talking absolute shit. Yeah. Hiding behind cameras, sticking cameras in people's faces yeah. going... Hello, it's such and such a body from such and such. such, such it's such the way they show. announce themselves. That's what Fuck pisses off. me off. I'd be like, you know what? No one announced where you're from. It doesn't fucking matter. Mate. Just because this is being streamed on some website. Everybody. Fuck up. Everybody these we days. We walked out, man. <laughs> we, we walked, walked out, out of it. Right. I'm like going, what is this bullshit? <laughs> I'm out of here. Set, have, <laughs> have you, Bank Senior, washed and brought to me when he's Absolutely. ready? Absolutely. Fucking hell. <laughs> Since yeah. the invention of social media and since the invention of, obviously, I'm, I'm slagging off our own format here now, podcasting and YouTubing and all that type of stuff. But since that invention, every man and his dog believes now that they are, I'm a journalist. No, you're not a fucking journalist. You're a kid with a camera. That's Absolutely. what you are. I'm, I'm not knocking it if you're good at it, because yeah. there's some people out there that are good at it. Yeah. But there's a lot of shit. There's Absolutely. a lot of shit. And I'm thinking, how are you lot in this room? How are you here? Get back to school. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway. How you up? Listen, lesson one point one, right on the Fight Disciples: How to interview legends of the game. Antagonised. Get in there early <laughs> doors. Get in there early doors. Rattle a few cages. Get them pissed off. Get them. Get them revved up, and then you'll get the gold. That baby is why there's awards on our mantelpiece. Because <laughs> Nick don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, the funny thing was as well everyone was coming at me on social media going oh man you don't like him do you at all you don't like Eubank Senior I was like it's not like that That's not. it's not personal no. whatsoever I'm just trying to get a response from him mate we're trying I, to get the gold we're exactly, trying to get the award yeah, winning yeah, shit exactly so uh, that's why I was like you know what I could have started that with you know the reason I became a boxing journalist, Chris, is because in this very city I watched you fight Nigel Ben Absolutely. it changed my life forever and I became a boxing journalist Woo! I could have started like that. Let me and I've been honest. Let me sit you off for 15 exactly, minutes. Exactly, but I thought, fuck that. You know, you've done enough press. Now I'm going to yeah. shall shock you into this interview. One, are you jealous of your son? Exactly. Two, what the fuck is that badge on your, on your coat? <laughs> yeah. in sheriff. We, in we go, Sheriff. <laughs> he corrected me when I asked him about that badge, by the way. He's not a sheriff, he's a was lieutenant. It, was it a police badge, was it? It looked like yeah, an American yeah, yeah. police badge. Oh, he's got a proper... He's been like in, inducted into like the Texan police oh, force yeah, or something like that. Oh, he's legit, mate. He yeah, is. Legit. He is the daddy. I also find out what he keeps in his little uh, in his little satchel. His little man purse. Yeah, lip balm. That doesn't fucking surprise. Keeps me his either. lip balm in there, mate. This doesn't surprise. That's me. what he does. You bank senior. If you'd no idea what we're talking about, and you're thinking, "Fucking hell, they've gone in early. They're just slagging everybody off." <laughs> Listen, we've been inspired by Naz. That's yeah. what we've been done. <laughs> the ultimate fight. The ultimate fight disciple, Naz. Mate, isn't he? he is a proper fight disciple, right? And the reason why I say that Naz is a fight disciple is that he tipped Eubank Junior to win the fight. And then, an, the fight, yeah. and then an hour later, after the fight, Savaged he tells him, him Savage David tells him to retire. <laughs> that is what we do on here. <laughs> that is what we've made a career out of. Okay, right. Yeah, I reckon Eubank Jr. is going to win. And then when he doesn't show up, I fucking told you he was shit, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs>
<laughs> Naz, you are my yeah, hero. Class. I was in awe, right? Because that was happening. I was in the back. I was doing a bit ringside uh, on Saturday night, and that was happening after my broadcast. So I'd finished, and I was waiting. You know what how I feel about mm-hmm. Naz. Naz is the boy, man. Yeah, yeah. I just love being in and around him because he's a funny bastard. And I just wanted, I've got to get a selfie with Naz. I've got to do all that. So I'm, I'm proper fanboying it. I'm waiting backstage for him to finish his broadcast. And you could hear it on the monitors. I'm thinking, fuck, you know, he ain't fucking about, is he? He's going in. And anyway, he comes down to like a hero's welcome because it's Naz. Of course. Now, bear in mind, he's five foot three and about 17 stone, right? He mm-hmm. could probably compete at every weight if he mm-hmm. wanted to. He's walking down. Everybody's fanboying in pictures, autographs and all this type of stuff. And he comes over and says hello and we get the picture and all this type of stuff. And there's certain guys that you do turn into a bit of a kid around. Absolutely. And if I was in the situation where we're putting a microphone in Nazi's face, it wouldn't be a good listen. It'd just be me sucking him off for, <laughs> for about 20, 25 minutes. That's basically how we get down. Whereas... When you when you're not emotionally connected to someone, you can get stuck in there and and interview as you were interviewing at, at, at the press conference. But I'd say something. Naz didn't fuck about, did he? We we his uh, analysis. I, I thought I thought he was a little bit harsh. If I'm yeah, honest. yeah. Well, everyone was. I seen. I, obviously, I seen it on social media first because I was in the press conference. Went down to the post fight press conference, which as it turned out was just Shane anyway. Um, and then I was leaving the arena, but I'm looking on social media. And I can just see everyone, all the fight disciples on our thread, just like, Naz is a god, Naz is fucking ace. Yeah, yeah. People putting clips up of just Naz, one-liners, and no, then listen, themselves Duke, Duke, pissing listen, themselves in Duke, the... Just one minute, Duke. <laughs> Duke, man, listen, 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 Duke. You're either good at boxing, <laughs> or you're not. You can either take a shot, or you can't. Fucking love it. Listen, he should hang them up. You banks. <laughs> you banks should be hanging them up. <laughs> Fucking hell, Naz. Got to get him on, haven't we? Mate. Well, You've run this show. Well, this is it. He I would said, run this, this show. This is it. I asked him, so listen, right, I've been asking you for a year now to come on this show. And he's like, yeah, 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 get, get, you know, I'm too I'm too pretty for radio. Look at my face. I'm too pretty for radio. I said, I know you are, but come on, just come and do half an hour here as well. We'll have a bit of a crack, yeah? Anyway, he agrees every single time. Yeah, no worries. Give us a call and we'll get it done. Every time I've got tried to get in contact with him, he says yeah, but yeah. it's just not materialised as of yet. This is Naz for crying out loud. We will do our utmost, our very Gotta best get him on now. to get Naz, Naz on is the, show. the fight disciple. He is, he is the fight disciple. I'll tell you something, his phone's going to be off the chain. We all sorts of people wanting him yeah. to do some TV on radio punditry. Because he does not fuck about, does he? Don't give a shit. Well, I, I don't think him. Naz did any, hence the reason why we haven't seen him anyway. He doesn't do any. He doesn't really do just any. Just chilling, eh? But we just popped up there just like a ghost <laughs> and just dropped bombs. Just like, yeah, he's finished. Get him out. You're either good at boxing... <laughs> Or you're not. <laughs> Naz, you man. Fucking love it, Naz. Uh, that, do you know something? If you, if you manage to get your pay-per-view, because I believe that there was a bit of trouble with the stream and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Forget the fight. That was worth the pay-per-view alone, wasn't it? Naz just going in, savagery. But I, like I said, I think he was extremely harsh on uh, Eubank Jr. Yeah. I personally think now, right, this is a watershed moment in Eubank Jr.'s career. Because... Everything's been abnormal. Everything's been different. I've been wrapping my own hands. I've been training myself. I've been mm-hmm. doing speed bowls and all this type of shit. There's a real watershed moment now in the career because I thought that they took the defeat quite well at the end. Absolutely. Clapped, shook hands, yeah. walked away, better man won. You make seniors come out on social media and said the exact same thing. Yeah. They stayed in the ring. Yeah. They, you know, they didn't say Absolutely. They like cowards. Right now is the moment where they go, we need to change. Yeah. We need to we need to look at certain aspects of my game in order to make me a a better fighter. Now, what I will say on this, even though in defeat, and he, he did look terrible at times, did Eubank yeah. Jr. when he was fighting, right? But he is a fighter. He isn't a boxer, he's a fighter. Absolutely. And he has got things that you can't teach kids. Yeah. You can't teach art. Nope. You can't teach balls. You can't teach the things that he was showing in that fight, that will to continue. All the things that Eubank Senior was talking about pre-fight, spirit and all that type of stuff that he saw, talked about to you in that interview. Mm-hmm. All those things, you can't teach somebody. No. People do bottle it. People do spew it. Eubank Junior won't do that. He's taking shots and continues to press Absolutely. the Absolutely. Continues to put the You can't on. teach that. So you've got to be able to... There's something there. There is something there. Is he technically amazing? No, he's fucking not, right? He's throwing, he's telegraphing a lot of shots. Yep. He's a street brawler. I mean, I expect him to pop up on a Kimbo Slice video or something like that at some point. That type of that type of scene. What needs to happen now? And they they had it at one point. We had them booth, in my opinion. Yeah. Got man up. Say, listen, we've got a lot of things wrong. We're going to change our attack now. I'm going to get myself a proper trainer. Maybe Adam Booth. Maybe whoever. Whoever will take him. Yeah. 
I, w- I want to get myself a proper trainer and I'm going to come back as Chris Eubank Jr. 2.0. Now, we mm. might not get to the heights of world level. He might not get there. But I think it's a watershed moment now. If he carries on as he has been doing with that arrogance, he's going to lose a lot of fans because I think he gained a lot of fans. Yep. He got booed in the ring. He's got beat. He's manned up. He's put on a warrior-type performance, even though he did get absolutely schooled. And a lot of people walked away from there going, he's got balls of steel in. Yeah. Now it's a case of, right, let's see if we can put some finesse on that balls of steel. Of course. Well, the problem is he's got a lot to learn and he's old as well. You know, he's not. He's, there's not a lot of miles on the clock compared to, let's say, Groves or whatever. But because he hasn't got that background, it's a lot to learn. You know, he's got to kind of go back to... His footwork's very poor. Terrible. I didn't realise how bad his footwork was. Yeah. He falls over his own feet a yeah, lot. He doesn't know how to sh- cut down the ring properly. Um, you know, th- these are fundamental things that I thought Senior would have ingrained. The confidence they had fight week was unreal, Adam. We were around it and it was infectious. We were like, fucking hell. Very hard not to get carried away with that. Yeah, yeah. And then the performance against Yildirim, you know, in, in hindsight, now looking back, Yildrum met him in a phone box. He fucking fought Chris Eubank Jr.'s fight. Yeah. Groza was never, ever going to do that. Um, so, But the confidence they had just made me think, fuck, they know something we don't. They're going to be able to cut down the ring. They're going to be able to corner George Groves. They're going to be able to hurt Groves and slow Groves down. And then Groves is in trouble because he has got miles on the clock because we know Eubank Jr. is fit for days. But in reality, because he was stumbling after Groves for most of the fight and missing with fucking massive shots, down the stretch it was Eubank that was struggling. It, it was, was Eubank that it, was running out of gas. Nobody saw that. And I don't care who you are. No what, chance. What, no what, one called that. Whoever you think you are and you know you're boxing, nobody's calling that Eubank's gassing down the, that, down the back end. Or should I say, not gassing, that Groves had looked stronger down the back end. Yeah. Groves just, you know, it was, it was almost like the perfect performance from Groves. And that, you know, I'm not saying that like... It was anything but an A-star performance. But I just think he boxed exactly how he had to box. He used his footwork, his superior boxing. He, as I say, he got mixed, he, he dealt with Eubank at long range. And when he got closer, he shot, he shot Eubank down. Mm. That was it, you know? And I'll tell you what I did like. There was moments, and he didn't do it a lot, but he did it enough for you to go, yeah, he's up for this, right? Because... Eubank Jr. wants to fight up close. Yeah. He wants to get into a street fight. Yeah. And at certain times, it did turn into street fights. not for long periods. I mean, we didn't get a full round where they're just massively trading, but you might get a 20-second little burst. burst or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a little burst within a round. And Groves would go, all right, then, you want to you play tough? Let's play tough. I'll show you a bit of tough. Yeah. Which might then have encouraged Eubank Jr. going, right, it's going this way now. And then Groves switches on just in his head. Half step back, bang on the jab and out. The, yeah. out the other side and I just thought to myself it was an absolute masterclass I mean I, I was lucky enough to be really up close and personal to, to watch a lot of the intricacies of the exchanges there was a lot of experience a lot of old man in him a little bit absolutely leaning on tying him tying him up leaning, weight on I him. mean at one point he put a little bit of a chokehold on him at one point like yeah. when he was leaning on him he just went up and just raised himself a little bit just to cut his neck off a little bit to maybe stem his breathing or something like that I'm just thinking to myself you're a clever fucker you yeah. fair play man you deserve everything, all the credit that you're going to get after this fight. You totally deserve it. it you, you touched on it then. It was that half step back he kept taking. Every time Eubank lunged forward, he took a half step back. But and he was fast at it as well. He never skipped like... away. It was a half step and then a counter. Yeah. But it was never like a, it was a counter from the side. It was never, he was never straight in front of Eubank. Eubank Jr. a lot was using that long left jab to the body. And every time he, every time he, he threw it, Groves was already moving backwards a little step and would just throw the right hand. Mm. Sometimes it landed, sometimes it didn't. And then obviously down the stretch, Eubank Jr. just become more and more desperate. It was just wild, you know, swinging away. Looked very, very novice at times. Mm. And then was it the fourth or the fifth when he had Groves in trouble? When Groves, he'd had a sensational round before Groves and you thought, I think it was the third and you just thought, wow, Eubank's in trouble here. Groves was just like peppering Steaming him away, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... He he got engaged, he got involved a little bit, and I think Eubank caught him with a big left, and he kind of stumbled back against the ropes, George, and Eubank poured forward, but it was Groves that was still still landing the bigger shots on the inside, tied him up, got him out, you know, moved around the ring. It was a very good performance, very very compelling for for George Groves. You could see why he was ranked the number one in the tournament mm. in that fight. But for me, you know, as good as Groves was. Um, you know what? It's hard to say with Eubank because now, looking at the bigger picture, I, it's hard to be frustrated with Eubank's performance because what else could he have done? No. Groves was just too good for yeah, him yeah. on the night. It's not like Eubank you're either didn't good have at a bo- go. You're wants- either good at boxing. Absolutely. Or you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Eubank did what all he could possibly do 
to yeah. try and get Groves involved in a fight. Yeah, he did. But Groves just didn't get involved. It's, it's imp- impressive. You've got to be impressed by it. I was very impressed uh, with George Groves. I'm a little... Should there have been a should there have been a, t- a ten eight round? Should there have been a standing count? No. Eubank didn't he touch the ground ground at one point? You're a bit closer than me. I thought his hand touched the ground. He did, but you you nailed it a little bit earlier on, mate. He falls over his own feet. Yeah. There was a lot of falling over. I think he fell over about three or four times. He was wrestled at one particular point. Um, he does. He just falls over. He, he's, there wasn't in, a clean enough shot in the fall over for me to go right. That's a knockdown. Yeah, yeah. So I could understand maybe why George was a little bit frustrated with that by not getting a ten eight round at, at some point. But it's very difficult when someone's constantly lunging in. Yeah. I mean, he falls in with his head tons. He's quite easy to pick off at, on on that particular point. So maybe the maybe I missed a little bit of a shot that came in that was on the TV that you've seen on the TV or what have you. But for me, he was falling over his feet a lot. So therefore, I think it went right. And listen, mate, I had it as I was a little bit uh, annoyed that uh, one of the judges scored it one fifteen one thirteen. If I'm honest, mate, because there was never just two rounds between those guys. No, I think I gave Eubank Junior maybe three or four rounds based purely on aggression nothing to do with technique just purely on aggression just overpowering George on three or four rounds and even those rounds were nip and tucking it was one of them where, where maybe I've gone go on you can have that yeah I think I'd give him the last two and I'd give him two earlier on as well yeah 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 I, I, I think, scored yeah. it 116, 112 yeah yeah that's that's about right and I'm not even and, and, and I'm not even an, uh, there was one guy that did 117, 111 I think and even that, I'm thinking, yeah, I can see that. I can even see people going 118, 110. I can see that. You know, I, th- yeah. I-, I thought he was f- by far the superior boxer. Yeah. Is it true that the fourth judge added to Eubank? I did. Yeah. There's, there's, in fact, that's another thing. Going back to what we were talking about right at the start of this regarding websites and various other bits of stuff. I've seen one website, like quite a prestigious website, score it um, 115, 113 to Chris Eubank Jr. I'm thinking, what the fuck? Where were you? Where, where were you watching that? Was Naz in your way? Could you could you not see the fucking ring? Jeez, I, I don't know how anybody watching that scores that towards Eubank Junior. No, I, I you know what? <clears throat> I was the funny thing is, I, I think sometimes, and you can't help it as a, as a fan, as as much as a, a member yeah, of the media, you want you want you, you want certain results, and obviously, I I've got to be honest, I wanted Eubank Junior to go through because I think Eubank Junior brings a whole new level to this tournament. He brings a yeah, whole the different type of that press. We love that, and he goes out there, he brings the mainstream audience in. You know, a lot of people tuned in at the weekend to see Chris Eubank Junior against George Groves, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. A lot of boxing purists, we were the other way around. We were like, it's Groves to lose, kind of thing. But I think Eubanks sucked a lot of media in. He brought a lot more eyeballs to it. And I think the tournament final That's it. will be a little bit less because he's not in it, because he's not doing good morning television, because his dad's not That's fucking it. swanning around and a lot of whatever. Pe- a lot of people that would class themselves as a hardcore fan, right, lose track of that. It's like it's a business. It's like I'm a hardcore fan. I don't want anybody else to like this. This is niche. I like my niche here. You know what I mean? Whoa, what are you doing? Jump? Well, I, I was a fan of that band well before they were playing stadiums. You know what I mean? That so type of fucking what? That was a that's the, that's that attitude. And I'm I hate that attitude. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Fuck off, right? This is this is why can't everybody love it? And there are certain players within the game that bring everybody to the sport. Anthony yeah. Joshua is doing it in heavyweight division. Yeah. You can slag him off as much as you want, whether you think he's good or whether you don't think he's any good. He's bringing the eyeballs because of who he is and the way he carries himself outside the ring. Eubank Jr., you're either tuning in to watch him win because you think, oh, I like a bit of this, a little bit of razzmatazz, a bit of showbiz, mm-hmm. or you're tuning in to watch him get knocked out. Yeah. Loads of fighters down the years have had that exact same thing. Naz had that for years. Absolutely. Now look at us. We're all sat here going, Naz is the boy. Yeah, but at yeah. the time, it was split down the middle. Eubank Senior was exactly the same thing. Yeah. When he was coming through, you're thinking, who's this cocky prick? I want him to get knocked out. You know what I mean? But then at the end of his career, you're thinking, what a legend of the game that guy is. Because he, they, they they bring and transcend the sport and they bring new eyeballs to, to the game. Then it grows. And then promoters put their hand in the pocket and go, we'll put on bigger shows. And then me and you and everybody else listening to this gets to go to these bigger shows. Mm-hmm. And there's more boxing on TV. I mean, for fuck's sake, boxing was on Dave at the weekend. Don't get me started on that, by the way. But it was on Dave on Friday night. It's on all these other platforms because of these characters that are bringing eyes to the sport. If nobody was bringing eyes to the sport, we'd never see it. Yeah, It'd never be here. We wouldn't be in business. We wouldn't be the best sports podcast in the country because nobody gives a fuck about boxing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've got two guys going into the semi-final this weekend who are pretty quiet as well. You know, Callum Smith's very quiet. Jürgen Bremer's always been quite quiet and respectful. Uh, And I think it's taken, for me, it's taken a little bit of an edge off the final. I think, you know, thankfully we've got one narrative to play off, certainly with with the fact that all three of these guys are big, super middleweights. Um, Obviously, if it goes our way as well... uh, 
if if indeed Callum Smith does win this weekend out in Germany, we've got the narrative of George Groves obviously beating his older brother previously, and that kind of they can replay that bit of footage and get that animosity going again. Because that's what sport needs. Every live sport needs a narrative. Every live event needs a story to sell. And I think without Chris Eubank Jr., the story of the the super middleweight tournament finale has taken a little bit of a hit. But you know what? That's not George Groves' problem. That's the promoter's problem. That's let that, let them deal with that. And the media, you know, it's it's our problem as well. We've got to try and make this bigger and bigger and bigger than yeah. the semi-final now. And I think the way to look at it is. Callum Smith is a completely different opponent for George Groves than Chris Eubank Jr., a completely different type of fighter. Um, and I, I think it's certainly a much, much tougher fight for George Groves in the final, mm. if Callum can win this weekend against Jürgen Bremer. Uh, there'll be people listening to this, obviously, wanting a little bit of an update on George and the situation in the final. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this. This is a podcast. You could be listening to the back end of the week in uh, World Boxing Super Series, and Callum have already made their announcements as to uh, what will be going on with George and his injury. But we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Um, so therefore that news hasn't come out as of yet but this is what I'm hearing from speaking to officials at the weekend alright so it's quite obvious that George has damaged his shoulder he's been to hospital he went to hospital straight away that's why he wasn't in that press conference Um, there's nothing confirmed as whether it was dislocated or not but if it is dislocated I think he's in a lot of shit because this is the rules and regulations regarding the World Boxing Super Series right so the final his is booked, right? It's preliminary booked for June the 2nd at the O2 Arena. That's the final of the super middleweights. I think it's uh, the 12th or the 11th of May in uh, the Middle East uh, for the uh, for the cruiserweights. But this one is booked June the 2nd, right, uh, in London. It can be moved by a matter of weeks. And the reason for that is because availability of, obviously, the arena and this World Boxing Super Series, they've got... Um, um, a situation with the guys that have put the money in, with the guys that are doing the TV, with the guys that are doing all the politics and the back end of the stuff, to have this wrapped up by the end of June in yep. order to then kick on for the new season, season which which comes obviously in September. All right, So that's the situation at this moment in time. So it can be moved by a couple of weeks. So if it's a minor injury and he's out for a couple of weeks and then he can get straight back to training, sweet as a nut, George Groves will be in that final. If it's a major injury... A full dislocation and he's not allowed yeah. to lift anything. So a full dislocated shoulder takes between 12 and 16 Absolutely. weeks to recover from. Absolutely. He's out the final. He will not be in the final if it's a major injury and therefore he can't get back to training and that obviously he, he can't be shifted by a couple of weeks. If he can't com- compete in that final in June at some point, he is out of the final. Now there's lots of people speculating, oh, will Eubank Jr. and all this stuff. I don't think it will be Eubank Jr. It will no. be somebody else. It will be elite level fighter coming back in in order to uh, compete in this final. Now, the cruiserweights, there's an argument that you could bring back in, for example, one of the former world champions that have just been beaten. You yep. could bring back one of those. Yep. I don't think you can do that in this super middleweight tournament regarding beating no, semi-finalists. I, th- I think Breedus comes, would come back into the cruiserweight final because it was a great fight with Usk and it went to distance. Yeah, uh, It's hard to bring Dortkus back because it got stopped at the end. Absolutely. So there's an argument for it. But in here, the for example, Eubank Jr. isn't, in our opinion, well, my opinion, a legitimate world champion and he's been beaten quite convincingly yeah. uh, by uh, Groves. Then you've got the other semi-final. There's no world champions in that other semi-final. No. So therefore, how can you bring one of those back to... Let's say Callum Smith goes through. Let's say he wins. Unless it's an absolute Brilliant unbelievable fight, fight and so close. close, you go, right, let's have a rematch with yeah. Bremer for the, for, the, for the Ali Trophy, the final yeah, yeah. of the Ali Trophy. But then there won't be a world title on the line no. in the final because George Groves is not in that final. So do you have to go and get another world champion in order to compete in that final? But it's hard to bring in an understudy from outside the tournament at this stage because people go, well, why the fuck wasn't he in the final? But the they've year? had all the way along this, the, the understudies... The for lads that, for example, missed weight of the main events, all the lads like Zach Parker was the understudy for this fight at the weekend, yeah, and he was on the undercard. Nobody's heard of Zach Parker, of course. So it's, it's characters like that that have been the understudy. Martin Murray was one of the understudies yeah, yeah. in the first fight of the Callum Smith fight, wasn't mm-hmm. it? He was he was in there. So where do you go? And I think you've got to have a world title on the line for the World Boxing Super Series final. I think you've got to go and do it. Now I know that uh, James DeGale doesn't have a world title at this moment in time, but someone like him, could you bring him into it? Mm. Could you bring in Benavidez, who just fought at the weekend? Yeah. Or Caleb Truax, who beat James DeGale. He would make more sense, because he's the world champion. Mm. It's interesting, one, and it's, you know, they're obviously praying now, aren't they? Let's be honest. This week is going to be like, they, they, there must be so much pressure. I bet you the Sowlands this have is the first real George problem. Groves to see the best doctor that he Mate, can possibly see. this is see. the first real problem that this tournament has seen yeah. th- this week. I'll tell you what would be brilliant though, right? Because we've we've mentioned last week about WWE and UFC and that kind of razzmatazz of the show has kind of been coming into the World Boxing Super Series. It would be brilliant, right? 
let's say Callum Smith beats Bremer, yeah? And he doesn't know. So he's, he doesn't know who he's going to be fighting. Is George Gross fit? Is George Gross not fit? Uh-huh. All that type of stuff. So Callum's in the final. Don't announce who he's fighting. <laughs> no, seriously. Like the Royal Rumble. Don't announce who he's fighting until fight night. So Callum's in there. He's doing his thing. He's on the podium. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, someone's music kicks in. Oh! It's Shawn Michaels! Here he comes! <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's the sexy boy himself. Get some WWE commentators like Jim Ross or whatever on the side. Oh my God! Shawn Michaels is back in the WWE. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm a sexy boy. The crowd would go absolute batshit crazy, wouldn't they? That'd be amazing. You do realise Joe Gallagher's going to punch you everywhere. No, Joe, what a stupid shout! Joe, you know the score, mate. It's all about the razzmatazz. What a stupid shout! Don't tell, don't tell Callum who's going to be boxing until the actual fight itself. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Maybe that's something they could look at at the next round of the format instead of in the selection phase. Don't choose each other. Do a a quiet selection. How good? You know, know, do a draw that no one sees. And on the night, you have all the boxers turn up. All the boxers are there. So you're like, who am I fighting? Who am I fighting? And all you know is you're fit for that night. You've got to be fit. Because you you have them one week after each other. They've all got a peak for a week. (gasps) I've got an even better one. I've got an even better one. Callum Smith's on the podium, right? He's on the podium. He's, He's ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Let's find out who uh, who's, who's going to be coming out. Oh, my God, it's his brother, Paul Smith, coming out to fight him. It's a brother-on-brother smackdown. <laughs> I've got the looks. <laughs> I'm going at me. <laughs> You've changed Paul Smith's music now to yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't have time to get Real Gone Kid ready there, no? No, I didn't have it. <laughs> didn't have it. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I got a. He's not, he's not had any beef with anybody, as Callum, has he? No, he's too nice of a kid. He's he is too nice of a kid. We need to nice find some kid, beef so. out there. We need to find him some beef over the next six months, or three months, should I say, in order to get himself that, that moment. I'd love that moment, mate. Oh, that's proper WWE shit, that. It is proper nonsense, yeah. You're right. What do you mean, nonsense? Fucking <laughs> absolute nonsense. Callum, I know you listen to the show, mate. What a wonderful <coughs> idea. No, no, that this, is. no, you've, you've, you know, you've touched on something, but it's not quite right. This is what they should do for the second round of the Super Series then. Fuck off the draw in Monaco. Just get them and do every quarterfinal on the same night. So all the quarterfinals take place on September the 12th, whatever, 2 in London. All eight fighters turn up on the night. You get gloved up, you get ready, and then you go, right, okay. You just go into the dressing room, your first fight, your first fight, and they don't even know until they meet each other at ringside. And then you go, oh, wait, I'm fighting him in the corner. The lights have gone down. Just an excuse to play this again. <laughs> that could work. That'd be cool as fuck. Because what? if you were in that tournament, you've got to learn the style of seven other fighters, and they've got to learn the style of seven other fighters. If you smell, oh, the rocks here. Where's he come from? <laughs> oh, mate, in class. Get us on that. Get yeah. a, listen, Callet. You know, you know, you need us. Get us involved, mate. We'll rev this up. We'll take it to the next level. We'll put some spice on there. Also, by the way, Callet and Nisa, I just want to give you a little bit of a round of applause. All this chat about uh, ring card girls <clears> of late. <throat> yeah. Do you know what they did? Added two more. They stuck fucking <laughs> two more on. All, I tell you what, you can't get a gig. You can't get a gig at the F1. No worries, girls. Come here, and I've got two more jobs for you. In you go. Normally they only have four, but they had six on at the weekend. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Do they does class. not give a fuck, Callum Smith. Super, Class. Superb. Superb. Listen, um, I mentioned Friday night boxing. Uh, Dave on Dave. But we're actually going to do this, are we? No, I'm just going to mention it. Fucking talk I, about it. Listen, it's boxing. We can't just pick and choose what we talk about. Well, we can. We, we have can. done for the last two years. To be fair, aren't we? Yeah, when's that we just change? ignored all sorts of shit. That, I mean, really big fights that we just don't give a fuck about. Yeah, that's going to be boring. Forget that. Uh, David A on Dev. It is the David Hare show at the end of the day, isn't it? Um, that, did you see that newspaper I sent you? The, the newspaper page. Yeah. And it was supposed to be advertising the show, and it was yeah. just a fucking big picture of his kite. Eddie, this is what you need to be doing, mate. Right? <laughs> when you're putting these matchroom shows on, don't be putting. Uh, Anthony Joshua's face on the front of that poster. Put your own on. Put your own. That's what he did. I know. He put his own edge to face edge. on the poster. Edge to edge. Tiny little boxes in the background over his shoulders. Mm. Unbelievable. Mate, the show was absolutely terrible. And one of the things that stood out for me is that Willie Hutchinson, right? He's a um, young lad coming through, doing extremely well. Uh, great amateur pedigree. Could probably be half decent, right? Yep. The kid that he was fighting came in. This is, his, this is what he weighed in at. He weighed in 11 pounds over the super middleweight 
um, jurisdiction. So therefore, instead of telling him to fuck off, what they did was, shall we just make it a cruiserweight contest? It's unreal. How the fuck did the border control sign that off? Tell me now, how did the border control agree to sign that no off? No idea, mate. It's disgraceful. Mm. You know, if something had happened to Willie Hutchinson, the border control would have been fucked. Boxing would have been fucked. It's an absolute shit show. I didn't even watch that card because I, I didn't even bother watching it because I've got fucking too much more interesting things to be doing with my life. Well, I haven't. So all I, yeah, <laughs> clearly. So all I did the next day is someone rang me and went, did you see that? No. What, and I, all I said was, what round did Joe, Joe, knock, did, uh, Joe Joyce knock him out in first? Yeah, thought he would. Anyways, dog okay. shit, man. And then it was like, then I'd heard about the Willie Hutchinson scenario and I just thought, you know what, I'm fucking glad I didn't watch it because yeah. it had put me th- foot through the telly at, at that stage once mm. I learned that. Yeah, it was Disgraceful, but control. Didn't learn anything. Joe, Joe Joyce that would never, anything. ever happen on a Frank card or an Eddie card. They couldn't bump him up two weight divisions like that. It couldn't. It's it's unreal. Mm. Camp. It's it's shocking, really. Mm. Uh, did you catch any of Danny Garcia by the way at the weekend? Yes. Have you seen his knockout? Yes. Beautiful, isn't no, it? Absolutely. It's an absolute killer punch. <clears throat> that. Back you in see, the, I back don't, in the frame, any? Uh, Danny Garcia, Brandon Rios. I don't know if you caught it. Um, there are some bits going around on social media. You're going to have a little bit of a nosy. He knocks Brandon Rios out in the uh, in the ninth round. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic, just a straight right hand, bang right on the button. Over you go, sunshine. And he couldn't recover from it, and the referee yep. ended up calling it off. Um, I don't know where Danny Garcia sits in this 147-pound killer division. Yeah, former world champion, beaten by Thurman. I know that uh, Sean Porter gets in the ring afterwards and gives him a ton, wants a piece of that pie. I'm looking around, though, the killers in this division because we know that Crawford's going to be knocking about with Horn on April the 14th. Yep. You've got, obviously, Thurman, who we've mentioned, Errol Spence Jr. Is Danny... I mean, he's one of them, Danny Garcia, where it's a legit fight, but is he... As legit as the, as the top three that I've just mentioned there? No, he isn't. Uh, he isn't, absolutely. And that's the, that's the issue that he's got in terms of coming back. But you know what? He's got that equaliser, though, as well. He's got that punch behind him. And it is big fights out there. Yeah. You know, I Kel, mean, Sean Porter's a great fight. Kel Brook's going to move up. There's a, there's a good fight there. Uh, I think that's how Kel Brook could potentially set up an Amir Khan fight, is if he fights Danny Garcia. You know, someone that's obviously done a number on And the weight above. Uh, well, this is at Welter, isn't it? Yeah, he's fighting oh, well. Too. Oh, I think Kel he's gone up, up, to like middle, he's yeah. 154, yeah. isn't he? So, well, Khan, obviously, Khan coming back at Welter. You want Danny so, Garcia to knock him out again? I, I think, <laughs> well, I think that's a good fight. It makes sense. And I think at the moment, Danny Garcia, he loses to Thurman, he loses to Spence, he loses to Crawford. You think he loses to all three of those guys? I think he loses boys. to all three of those guys, yeah. I think they've just got too much ability for him, yeah. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what, what I was impressed with... Um, which I wasn't impressed with on the previous fight. Benavidez beating Gavril for the second time. Last time out, it was a split decision. And, and maybe it was because it was a world title fight last time out. And I'm thinking to myself, he was a bit nervous. He's only a young kid and he's only 20 years of age, this big Mexican at super middleweight. Yeah. Um, whether he got a little bit, oh, right, I've just got to win the fight. And he kind of didn't really do what he normally does. But I'll tell you something, he was very impressive against Gavril. He absolutely put manners on him. If you've not seen it, it was very similar to maybe... Took him to school. Yeah, it was very similar to like Groves and uh, Eubank Jr. Yeah. at the weekend. It's a shutout. He did take him to school. I, I didn't you know give Gavril a single round. No, it was a complete shot. He was absolutely fantastic with Benavidez. Um, was he, the, he, in hindsight, now Benavidez looks like the one that got away in terms of this super middleweight tournament. Well, hang on a minute. Where's my music? Where's my music? Can you imagine that? That's the story. That's the story. Because he's the WBC champion. Mm-hmm. Callum Smith's supposed to be the WBC champion. He was the yeah. mandatory challenger for about 25 years, wasn't he, Callum absolutely. Smith? We are actually getting a shot. He's in there as the WBC silver champion. He beats Bremer at the weekend. He's standing on that podium. All of a sudden... It's David Benavides. I know I'm sexy. That'd be. That's the one. It could be the one, absolutely. Yeah, Benavides. I think the only reason he's not in this tournament is because he's so young, and because they want to keep control of him. You know, they don't want to let go. Uh, he signed with. Uh, he's with. Is he with Leonard Ellaby? Is he with Mayweather? I think he might be. I'll tell you what, though. I think he might be looked after ten by mi- them. So. $10 million gets you in the ring, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, that's what I mean. You come in for just for the final when the big Woo! books are on the table. Woo! And I think they would look at the fact that Callum Smith is relatively a young man as well. Um, you know, and that fight should have probably happened for the WBC belt. This was He's obviously def- Callum Smith is the WBC silver champion presently oh. as well. So he, he would retain that title if he beats Bremen at the weekend. There you go. So it would set up perfectly for the Benavidez final. That would There you go, Calla. If we are struggling with Groves, do this fight in the final, yeah. Benavidez, and then the winner fights Groves for the unification. And he has to ring what to show Michael sexy boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolute facts. Um, one thing that we might not necessarily get to see uh, in the not-too-distant future, my friend, is Linares Lomachenko. Now, I know we're all excited about it, but I just want to give you a little bit of a background. And I just... It's got political, man. Well, it's got politics is going to get in the way of this. I'm feeling that it's going to get in the way of it, and I'm even going to give you the solution as to what's going to happen, right? So May 12th, 
top rank of a deal with ESPN. That is their date. There you go. There's our date. We need to put a fighter on there. Who are we putting on? We're going to put our boy on. We're going to put our boy Lomachenko on there. Now, Lomachenko said that he's moving up to lightweight. He's going to be fighting at lightweight next. Linares wants to fight. Uh, Lomachenko wants to fight. Top rank and golden boy have all shook hands. They've all done the deal. However, what's now the snag is the TV situation. So let's go back the week previous where you've got Triple G taking on Canelo on HBO. Now, the rerun of that fight the week after is not on pay-per-view and it's on normal free-to-air television and it normally does quite big numbers. Those super fights for HBO, normal HBO, does quite big numbers. However, it's a fucking repeat. Mm. We've all seen it the week before. We're gagging for the fight. We're gagging for Triple G. We're gagging for Canelo. Anybody that wants to see that fight will have already paid for it the week before and will have already watched it. So what is holding this whole situation up is a repeat of the fight the week before because yep. they don't want Linares, who's a Golden Boy fighter, to be clashing with the repeat of Triple G and Canelo. Now, obviously, Top Rank want this on ESPN. So HBO aren't going to give it over to HBN and say, yeah, just crack on on May the 12th. That's what we're going to do. Because it compete with HBO's yeah, exactly. rebroadcast. They're going to say, why don't you just switch the date? Well, they can't switch the date because they've already got that signed up for, uh, for, for the telly mm-hmm. on May the 12th, ESPN, right? So there's a, the options are um, fight on HBO on May the 12th. Golden Boy are clever at this, Oscar mm-hmm. Delia. I'll tell you what, fight on HBO on May the 12th. We'll put the rerun on earlier as a build-up to your fight and then we'll do Linares Lomachenko on HBO. Top rank aren't doing that, mate, because these are the golden star. He ain't going to give you to their channel. Yeah, but, but HBO, though, who's going to buy it on HBO when you could get millions watching it on ESPN? I get why Adam's dubbing, dugging his heels in. He's trying to turn Lomachenko into the biggest star in the sport. Mm. The only way he does that is by putting him on free-to-air TV. If he goes over to HBO... He ain't going to get anywhere near the kind of audience this gets on ESPN. I get it completely. Mm. I just don't know why they haven't gone, okay, well, you tell us what time you're going to put the rematch on on HBO and we'll put it on ESPN mm. before. It's like, if you're going to move it for that, you should be able to move it for our broadcast. So they can't move it. ESPN can't move it because they've got those, that set in stone their day. Yep. Lomachenko's on that day. He's fighting on that day, right? It kind of works. It's going to work quite nicely, this. If you bear with me. World Boxing Super Series. Wait a minute, you know where I'm going, right? So you've got Lomachenko. He's definitely fighting on May the 12th. So I don't think it's going to be against Linares because I don't think either side are going to back down on the TV deal. I yep. hope they do. I hope I'm absolutely wrong. I hope we get to see it. However, I don't think it's going to happen. This is what is going to happen on May the 12th, right? At the weekend, Beltran won Terry Flanagan's vacated title, the yep. WBO title. Now, WBO rules will state that Lomachenko, being the WBO champion of the weight division below, is automatically the mandatory challenger to the weight category above. Absolutely. He is now the mandatory for the WBO lightweight title. Beltran is a top-ranked fighter, same stable as Lomachenko. Expect May the 12th, Lomachenko, Beltran to be on that date for the WBO lightweight championship of the world. Then... Everything will chill for a little while, and then they'll announce the World Boxing Super Series lightweight division. Lomachenko will now be a seeded fighter going because in the WBO belt because he'll be going into that title, right? As will uh, Lonares, who will uh, remain be champion. as the WBA champion. Yep. And then you've got the boys to fight out for uh, the WBC situation with uh, Mikey Garcia, who will be yep. in there. That will all be delayed. Robin Easter Jr. is in there. Uh, there you go. It's the IBF <laughs> champion. There you go. That's how I believe that this is all going to play out. So that May 12th date will be Beltran versus Lomachenko. Lomachenko will put manners on him because Beltran ain't that good. And then, boom, you've got a World Boxing Super Series lined up. Pick them. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good to me, mate. I kind of like TV politics when it gets in the way of that shit and we get a World Boxing well, we were Super talking Series on, out of it. We were talking, was it last week or the week before when we were saying about Linares and, and Lomachenko happening? And we were like, oh, fuck, I wish I could wait for the World Boxing Super Series. Dark forces are at work. Mate, the, the, the boxing gods have listened to us, listened to our <clears> pleads. I love it, man. Hmm. I love it when a good plan comes together. My only issue there is, of course, if politics between... Two organisations couldn't come together to make that fight happen. Where does politics leave us in terms of World Boxing Super Series coming in and going, yes, top rank, yes, golden boy, we'll take your golden your golden fighters Peace. and we'll put them on our own shows. Mm. That's that's the issue we're going to have now. If Bob Adam won't let him fight uh, over on HBO, then why the fuck is he going to let him fight in the World Boxing Super Series? Anyway, April 14th, Bob Abram has put on uh, three fantastic fights for us. Crawford Hoyn, as we have already know, we know that Manny Pacquiao is going to be on the undercard. Check that out. Manny Pacquiao is an undercard fighter to Terence Crawford now, uh, taking on Alvarado on the comeback fight. 
then you've got uh, Magdalano against Dogbo, which is an absolute belter. Jesse Magdalano against uh, is it Dombo is an absolute cracking fight. Three belters there on April 14th. Fully anticipate uh, Terence Crawford to come through there. And then who knows? In that welterweight division, we might get to see some unifications and Crawford could be uh, unifying another division at yes, some point later on uh, this year. I'll tell you what, I've been uh, giving a little bit of insight on uh, Jim McDonald. You may have seen this. I know we've spoke about bantamweights a lot recently. I was chatting with Dave Caldwell at the weekend. So right then. Let's see Go if on. our information... Are you ready? Yeah. Jim McDonald and Noya uh, Inouye, right? In Japan for a fucking shitload of money to defend his WBA crown out there. Wow. Done. Not announced, though. Wow. Go on. You spoke to Dave Caldwell. Well, Dave said to me that they had something in the works, but he said there's also a super middleweight. There's also a super bantamweight title on the offering for them as well. Yeah. That's, uh, that's potentially where they're going to go. So he, he said they've got loads of options at the moment. The problem is, you see, of, of getting him back down to bantamweight, that's an issue. Um, he'd already mentioned the fact that he definitely wasn't going to fight at bantamweight again. But looking up at super bantam, there wasn't too many options out there. Um they were kind of because they were under a lot of pressure, of course, to fight against Paul Butler. But now the Paul Butler situation has rectified itself because Ryan Burnett's give up one of his world title belts, mm. which obviously frees uh, McDonald up to to make this fight as well. So interesting. Be so, interesting to see what they actually sign for. So, mate, <clears throat> I think they're holding out for a super bantamweight shot. That's what I've heard. They're holding out for a super bantamweight shot. If they take that in Japan, that that is certainly Plan B. Super fly, by the way. Uh, you know, he's stepping up in weight. He is a dangerous, he's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous man. Just a bit. And you're only going out to Japan to defend your world title if you're getting a career high payday, mate. Yep. All right? Absolutely. M- money talks at the end of the day. Um, wish Jamie all the all, all the best with that. Listen, this is a guy that's been out to Texas and done what he did out in Texas against another dangerous fighter. He Listen, you've got to, one, take your hat off to have the balls to go and do it. Yeah. But... Let's not kid ourselves. The caveat to this is that if you're getting weighed in for a few million, then to, to be fair, I'll go out there and get my ass kicked for a couple of million quid. The, the way to look at it is, and you know, with all due respect to, to McDonald and that entire camp because he's done great things, if he is finished at bantamweight, indeed finished at bantamweight, which is what, what we're hearing, and his future lies at super bantam, is it a, such a bad thing to go out to Japan for a career high payday? Um, you win, great, I'm moving up anyway. You lose, great. I'm moving up anyway, and I've just had the best payday of my life. I'll tell you why a new way is coming in. Because, as we know... The World Boxing Super World Series. World Boxing Super Japan, Series. they need to go out there. Bantamweight. They need to crack Asia. They need a bantamweight to go in that bantamweight Well, they've got division. Yamanaka in there, but he's just been knocked out, hasn't he? He's just been knocked out, yeah. So they need they need some fresh blood in there. They need a, a world champion to be ranked to fight out of Asia. Mm. And a new way moving up from Superfly. Obviously, the kid's 15-0 and 0 with 13 knockouts. Yeah, he's frightening. It makes absolute sense that he would step up to a new weight division and try and conquer there as well. A new way in the World Boxing Super Series. Fuck. So we've now got... Mm. In that bantamweight bracket. It's just ridiculous, Burnett. man. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And just on that as well, because I know that we we brought this last week. We, we recorded the show last week before the announcement of, obviously, Ryan Burnett vacating his IBF belt. We kind of give you that information early doors. Um, Paul Butler, Emmanuel Rodriguez, have been offered that by the IBF. It's not been signed, sealed, delivered as of yet. And I'm not surprised it's not been signed, sealed, delivered as of yet, because when Paul Butler signed with Matchroom, he was promised the McDonald's shot at the WBA crown. Yeah. Um, however, another world title has come up, which is Paul Butler's old belt. However, Emmanuel Rodriguez, if you've never heard of him before, just put his name in Google. Go and put his name in YouTube. Go and have a, li- go and have a little bit of a nosy. Yep. He's fucking frightening, mate. He's absolutely the next superstar in this bantamweight division. If yep. not already, if he's not already a superstar in uh, certain parts of the world... Um, you're going to know about him real soon. No, a dozen KOs. You're going to know him just real soon. Just a Puerto Rican absolute machine, isn't mm. he? And that's the, that's the problem with this bantamweight he's a, he's division. He's a small cutter. That's what he is. Yeah, yeah. I think right now, looking at this bantamweight division, if they were going to do World Boxing Super Series, the eight you would choose today would be different than the eight you are going to choose in June. Mm. Because, as we touched on before, Yamanaka just got knocked out, but he's having a rematch with, yeah, with that Neri Neary, for the yeah. WBC belt. I think it's this weekend, isn't it? Next weekend? Uh, it's March soon. 1st, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie McDonnell, of course, we've just heard then, is going to go over to, to Japan to defend his belt, potentially, if not give it up. Ryan Burnett's give up one of his world title belts, but you'd, le- you'd like to think he was going to be in the mix. Zelani Tetti's got to be in the mix somewhere as well. Of course he well. is. 
Tete's back, by the way, on April 21st. He's on the undercard of Frampton. Phenomenal. It's just... Uh, it, it, Last time you were in Belfast, they were only there for 10 seconds. Bang, gone. That's right. <laughs> Ta-da. So make sure you get there early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's tasty, man. This bantamweight. And the beauty of it is, and this is what World Boxing Super Series are desperately for, just think of the nationalities of all them guys. Japanese, American, African. Mexican, British, African, South American. Fucking hell. Ticks every box. It's definitely going to happen, in it? 100%. It's definitely going to happen. Uh, one thing as well that you can tick off, made the 12th uh, British heavyweight titles back on Terrestrial TV. Yeah. Uh, saw Hewitt the weekend. He looked in great spirits, looked in great he form. He's taking on Sam Sexton. Listen, it's a decent little knock, this. However, it's some come down, in my opinion, from, for Hewitt Fury, from fighting for a world title against Joseph Parker. Uh, to be now back at British uh, title level. However, it could surprise just... me. I've got to be honest, I was yeah, surprised. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm happy because we've got it on terrestrial TV. It's not costing us a bean. I'll tune in and I'll have a little bit of a nosy. I kind of like you. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, let's not forget as well, he did bypass this, <clears throat> the domestic level as well. Uh, you know, he, he built up a, a great record of 20 and 0, whatever it was, before he got the Joe Parker fight. But he hasn't really done it the traditional way as he hasn't gone British Commonwealth European that kind of thing he's kind of the gone, Nick Pete way yeah well I like it that way because yeah. you, you prove you're the best you know he's gone from being consistently good nah, in international I like heavyweights jumping. I like jumping and then well taking to world yeah, title fights yeah, fuck yeah it. but then he falls short Leap, leapfrog so right. to come back and fight, and fight with the British title I think it'd be good for, good for Huey it's mm. a bad fight for Sam Sexton uh, I think it's a tough fight for Sam Sexton, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was chatting to Huey about it at the weekend, a few minutes before he almost cut me up with his beautiful Mercedes when we were leaving the car park. But, uh, you know, he, he seemed quite happy that he was getting on terrestrial TV. I think that was the key for him. Like, he's, he's like, you know, I'm looking forward to fighting in front of a big audience because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. expecting a lot, of, a lot of fans to switch on to it. Mm. And then that would be the springboard towards a second push, you see. Mm. Uh, now, this weekend, got a few questions for you, actually, this weekend. Because I know, you, I know you're going to Nuremberg. Yeah. Right? So Nuremberg, Saturday, World mm-hmm. Boxing Super Series, Callum Smith, Jürgen Bremer. We both think that Callum's going to come through. That's going to be tough, yep. but we both think Callum's going to go through it. Late stoppage, I think. Yeah. Right. So let's just leave it at that. That's what we think is going to happen. Best of luck, Callum, if you're listening to the show. I've no doubt Nick will be going in on this on the Merseyside show that we do here on uh, Fight Disciples. It'll be available on fightdisciples.com tomorrow, so make sure you're a part of that. Um, it is our Radio City talk show. Yep. Okay? If you're going out there, you're going to go and enjoy yourself. When are you coming back? Uh, Monday. You're coming back Monday, are you? Yep. Hmm. So, you, so you're having all day Sunday in Nuremberg, are you? <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So you're not watching your prospect of the year on Sunday night, are you not? I know. Are you not? Manchester. Are you not? All right. Okay. I was talking, that's what I was talking about. So I go, I, I, I go and watch my life. I go down to London to watch my boy Reese Pelotti do his thing, yeah, because I backed him this year. <laughs> yeah. And, and in fact, my second choice is fighting on the York Hall at the weekend, and I'm trying my very best to get what to the York Hall. your second choice with this fucking new? Which, with a, which other established champion have you chose for your, no, I haven't. For your uh, second choice prospect right, of the then, year my now? Sec- my second choice would have been Zelfa Barrett. But okay. Uh, all right. That's a proper choice. Just sort of. Unlike here. the established Commonwealth champion well, I, that you chose for don't, defle- don't deflect here that you've made a choice of your prospect of the year and you can't even go in to be arsed watching him. Mate, the difference- when he's fighting in the northwest, he's only fighting down the road from where you live. <laughs> the difference in the flight back was just insane. Bollocks. You insane. basically thought, oh, I'll just have an extra day in Nuremberg, enjoy <laughs> myself out here. Listen, you know I'll be with Little Fuzz. It'll be anything like a fucking holiday. Yeah. Kids' hard work. Mm. Um... Well, let's get straight to that, shall we? Because there's a next-gen show, Sunday night. It's a bit, bit weird having it on a Sunday night. Normally, these are on a Friday night, but it's on a Sunday night. Yeah. Personally, I'm going to be honest with you, right? The venue's wicked. It's a small it little is. venue. It's, it's a great little, little venue. venue yeah. It's a great little night. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be a great little night, right? However, it's a little bit of an odd one. Because if you're into football, you'll know full well that Man United are playing Chelsea that day. So there won't be any Man United fans knocking about in uh, at that, that particular show. Yeah. You've got the Carabao Cup final, so all Man City fans will be in London uh, for their game against Arsenal. It just seems not poorly It's not organized. a big venue, though, is it? No, Victoria I know that. So they, I don't think it's... I don't think they've thought... You don't need to think about that because the, the people on the card, there's some good young prospects on the card. With I like Lewis records. Ritson. He's brilliant. Very good. Lewis Ritson's outstanding. Yeah, that's a good fight, that. It's, uh, you know, I'd expect him to do a bit of a number on Joe Murray, if I'm yes, going to be honest with you. I think he looks great. Uh, I think Jordan will put on a hell of a show against Jason Cunningham, too. Oh, jo- um, Jordan, my... For those that don't know, he picked Jordan Gill as his prospect of the year. You know, this the lad his, that he can't be asked coming back to Nuremberg to watch. This is his move to featherweight en route to smashing Reese Bellotti. Oh, let France. me tell you, son. Get let me tell France. you. But also on the undercard, you know, I see a bit in Tasha Jonas, uh, Sam Hyde, our mate Sam, you know, Marcus Morrison. These are all kids that sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. so, so all, 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 your mates, to... all your mates that you can't be asked going to go and watch. You're only into the big shows, you aren't you? Well, you only go it. to the big ones. Listen, coming back from Nuremberg on a Sunday was... Mm. Uh, 
pretty penny, let me tell you. And yeah. listen, don't you start as well. I've got all this with the wife fucking at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kicking and screaming at me why yeah, I'm but I'm not bothered that you're, I'm not bothered that you're out in Nuremberg. That she's kicking off because you're not looking after the kids. And I'm, I'm kicking off that you're not going to go and look after the I am honestly, boy. I am genuinely 100% gutted. Mm. I'm going to miss Jordan, but... Mm. Jordan, I'll be there, mate. I'll be there. Well, see, at, you better see up close and personal what a real, what a real non-champion prospect looks I'm, like. I'm, I'm there on the scouting mission for Reese. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. that's um, hopefully on Saturday night I'll be knocking about the York Hall as well because um, there's some exciting. Even though there's not what I would class as major matchups on that particular card, it's a nice little night. Anthony Yard's back in action. You know what I think about Anthony Yard. Yep. Uh, Dubois is in action. You know what Nick thinks of Dubois. Big Dan I was chatting to him last week as well. Absolutely, uh, the kid is the real deal. That picture, by the way, that um, a member of your, your staff has taken of Daniel Dubois and uh, Jazza Dickens is probably one of How the classes. Is that it's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it looks like Snow White and the, and the Dwarf. <laughs> That's what it looks like, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, and uh, a guy that I'm a massive, massive fan of, Zelfa Barrett. I think he's absolutely legit. He's gone under the radar, this kid, but hopefully now that he's on the likes of Box Nation and BT Sport, mm-hmm. he's going to get some serious kudos and a little bit of momentum is going to be coming his way because he's extremely, extremely talented young lad from uh, the northwest of England. So make sure you're checking him out. Your call uh, Saturday night. You're a big fan of uh, Zelfer as well, aren't you? Yeah, huge fan, yeah. I think he's a, a super talented kid. And, uh, you know, rather similar to Jordan, he's gone under the radar a little bit. I think mm. both these guys are 18 or 19 and all. They're yeah, both, yeah. You know, they're both almost onto 20, 20 fights perfect record, yet two of them haven't really had the exposure the, their, their talent probably deserves. So, likewise, to, to my guy on Sunday night, I think the night before, Zelfer will probably put on a bit of a show. I think there's some kind of trinket on the offering here as well, but it doesn't really matter. Some kind no. of belts on the line as well. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely one to look out for. Just two of them are just very flashy very talented and um, could go a long way with the right support. Mm. Thankfully now it seems like they've both got the right support. So fingers crossed. Action packed weekend then. World Boxing Super Series Saturday night. Wishing Callum Smith all the very best taking on Jürgen Bremer in Nuremberg. Nick will be out there so make sure you're all over our social media because I've no doubt there'll be all sorts of nonsense coming back. Uh, Your call Saturday night. Yard, Dubois, Zelfa Barrett and the likes. And then, of course, on Sunday, a little bit of Sunday boxing, Lewis Ritson and Joe Murray going toe-to-toe, Jordan Gill on the undercard at the Next Gen Show uh, in Manchester, all of which that is on the telly as well. Uh, so make sure you're checking out. You'll have all the feedback and fallout uh, to all those fights on next week's show. So make sure you come and join us. Don't forget, if this is the first time you've ever come, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, for all Android feeds. And you can get us at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, where you get to see Nick interview the likes of uh, Chris Eubank Sr. asking him whether he's jealous of his son and take the piss out of his sheriff's badge. Stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.